See, and so tonight we'll be dealing with depravity, the mind. <clears throat> the other week we were dealt with depravity, the heart, but tonight we're going to deal with the mind. <clears throat> so let's go to the Lord in prayer. have a lot of information I need to share with you here that's going to answer a lot of questions for you. Tonight, tonight is going to be a very revealing thing. You're going to know why. Why? That's a very important thing, isn't it, to know why? Well, I'm gonna, tonight I'm going to show you why. All right? Now, now you're thinking, why what, right? <laughs> anyway, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I do ask for forgiveness of sin. And Lord, I do just praise you for your word. And I thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity of sharing your word tonight. Pray that you'd open our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. And now, Father, I pray that you'd bless this to the hearts and minds of the hearers tonight. And then, dear Heavenly Father, may we be able to use this information. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> we got two parts of this lesson tonight, thoughts and then the mind. But before we get into that, one of the things that's got to be taught to you is this little thought about original sin. People talk about it. Other religions make a big ado about it. But we've got to, we, we've got to answer a question. We've got to clarify, what is original sin? What does it do to us? What, what is it? How does it affect us? How do we see it? <clears throat> well, I'm going to go through a series of things here, short and quick. But I want you to know, original sin is a corruption of the nature. Original sin is a corruption of the nature. Now, since the nature gets corrupted, what does it do? You ready? Okay. A corrupted nature is all about self. Now let me give you an idea and then I'm going to give you some scripture. I'm going to give you four things right now about this corrupted nature. <clears throat> it is, number one, self-will instead of submission. Self-will instead of submission. The second thing, self-seeking instead of benevolence. Self-seeking instead of benevolence. Third thing, self-righteousness instead of humility. Self-righteousness instead of humility. The fourth thing is self-sufficiency instead of faith. Self-sufficiency instead of faith. So those four things are 
Self-will instead of submission. Self-seeking instead of benevolence. Self-righteousness instead of humility. And self-sufficiency instead of faith. What we find... Satan, we find in Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, and then in Ezekiel 28, 12 to 18, Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, what we find, I'm going to read just part of this to you. Uh, this is Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nation? Verse 13, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend. I will be like the most high. You see... When you look at Satan, you find it's all about Satan, isn't it? I will, I will, I will, and I will. Okay? So what we find then, this original sin, and uh, sin is essentially selfish. Then just think about it. Sin is essentially selfish. Whatever it is, it has to deal with that person, right? right? I think, I feel, I want, whatever. And so there's three things here now, three different things. One of them is Satan's ambition. There in Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, I will, I will. I will, and I will, okay? So the thing that Satan wants to do, he wanted to bring Adam and Eve to a place to where it was all about them. And so Eve looked at the fruit, and the devil said, oh, that God don't want you to be smart, anything like that. But if you eat that fruit, then you're going to have this knowledge and stuff. So, see, it was all about her. Wasn't it? Yeah. Now, that's one. The second thing is this. We read in the Bible concerning the last days there in 2 Timothy 3, verse 2, verse 4. Why, what's it say? Men shall be lovers of their selves. Right? Mm-hmm. And so on. And then uh, the next thing, this is the third one, the man of sin, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. What's he going to do? It's all about him, isn't it? You see, so what we find and what I want to settle here right off the bat is original sin. What is it? It is a corruption of the nature. So rather than having a nature that is submissive to God, 
we find it's all about us. Original sin is the corruption of the nature. Now, as we go through this tonight, the first thing we're going to look at is this, that word, the, the thoughts, the thoughts, the thoughts, okay? So now, this nature gets corrupted. So the thing that we've got to look at now, because we're talking about depravity and the depth of depravity, and we, I've already made the statement that there's, when it comes to depravity, there's no depth to depravity, what man will do. So let me show you the depth of this corruption, the depth of this depravity. As we look at uh, Genesis 6, 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, there's two things I want you to see here in that verse. Every imagination, see that? And then it says, only evil continually. It doesn't say part-time, half-time, sometime. It says all the time. Right. You see that? And so, this corrupted nature has brought man to a place of only evil continually. Watch this now. You're going to see a progression in this, and I want you to follow the progression. So let me make a statement right now to all of you. I was going to make it a little bit later, but I'm going to do it right now. Remember now, that original sin is a corruption of the nature and the corruption of the nature centers around the person. All right? I mean, that's... You, you listen to some of these preachers and stuff, you know, man, it's all about the person. It's all about person, the person, the person. So where do these religions get this thing of works? where you've just got to do something, you know. You can't just sit back and let God do it all. You've got to do something. Man, you've got to be baptized or you've got to work or you've got to manifest your, your faith. You've got to do something. Where did it come from? See, that's part of the fall. That's, that's that corrupted nature. And remember something. Sin is essentially selfish. So that corrupted nature says that man has to do something. All right? Man is, it's all self-will instead of submission. It's self-sufficiency instead of faith. And so where do these religions come from with all their works, with their baptism, with everything like that? See, it's a product of the fallen nature. Because the fall of nature centers around man. I, I was listening to one of the uh, uh, 
megachurch preachers. And his whole theme was about you. You this, you this. You can have this power. You can have this ability. You can have this freedom. Uh, Do this. You see, it wasn't about God. It was about you. Uh, You see, ladies and gentlemen, where did it come from? That's part of the fall. Remember something. Original sin is a corruption of the nature. And since the nature is corrupted, it focuses on itself. All right? And so now watch this now. Let me show you. Go to Ephesians 2, 3. I'll show you something here. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In other words, that's the way our manner of life, okay? In the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Man, it's all about self, isn't it? But now look what it says. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Why Why were they doing that? Why were you doing that? Because it was part of that old nature. See, the Word of God says it. We're by nature the children of wrath. That's right. So it's that old nature. And we find then, now watch this now, the focus is the fulfilling of my lust of the flesh and my mind, of fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And of the mind. You see that? That's that old nature. It's a focus on self. Fulfilling the lust of the flesh. That's why there's just no bottom to depravity. Because men and women want to fulfill the lust of the flesh and of the mind, and the mind goes nuts. There's something else that happens here. There's a progression in this. Let's look at Psalm 10, 4, and Psalm 56, 5. Psalm 10, 4. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God, God is not in all his thoughts. Whoa. God is not in all his thoughts. You see, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a depraved mind. God's not in their thoughts even. Psalm 56, 5 Every day they risk my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. So now you find, not only do they not think about God, but if they do think about God, it's against God for evil. In other words, they want to accuse God. They want to be against God. And over the years, I've heard people say all kinds of things about God. 
You know, why does God allow this? Why does God do that? You know, just accusing God. That's what it's talking about here. So we find then that original sin is a corruption of the nature. And so the corrupt nature, since its focus is on self, just like Satan's, right? Then what it, it's going to be against everything that's right. That's why the Bible says right will become wrong. Wrong become right. See that? And they're against anything that's godly and holy and righteous. That's why the Bible says that you folks will be hated of all men for his name's sake. Right. Why is that? Because of this depravity of the mind and this corruption of the nature. You have this nature, as it says up there in Ephesians 2, 3, the nature of the children of wrath. All right. Now watch this. Let's go down to Proverbs 15, 26. Proverbs 15, 26. I'm going to flip over here to my Bible because we're going to look at, look at something here in just a second. Proverbs 15, 26. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. That's what God thinks about what man thinks. When you go back up to Genesis 6, 5 at the top, now look at this. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Here it said the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. Why? Because they're just wicked all the time. Wicked, deceitful, immoral. Everything you can just imagine what they have here. Now, when we get down here to Isaiah 59, 7, there's no limit to the depth of their depravity. Watch this now. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. So you've got people here totally depraved, some are reprobated. And we find here that there's just no depth to their depravity. There's no bottom to it. So now, us knowing that, what can we expect from that? What can we expect from those people? Well, the only thing we can expect from those people is wickedness of all types. 
You name it. Unbelievable. So we find here, when we start just summing up this area about the thoughts. And then folks, just think about this. It's what they're thinking. Their thoughts. You see, I mean, it's like this guy that just went into those, that bowling alley and that other stuff, that car fellow. Look at that. You know, what was he thinking before he done that? What was he thinking that would cause him to do that? You see? And so the, the reality of it is this. You and me as saved people, we need to understand something. No wonder the Bible tells you and me, come out from amongst them, be separate, saith the Lord. That's right. Amen. Because you don't know what they're thinking. That's right. Uh, and so we find here then, Depravity brings us to a reality that original sin is a corruption of the nature. And the nature dictates what an animal thinks. The nature of a chicken says, give me a worm. The nature of a bird says, not if I get it first. Right? You see, the nature, the nature of a dog says, well, my stomach bothers me, so I'm going to puke up. And then he licks it back up. <laughs> Gross. You see, what we've got to deal with is a corruption of the nature of the human. And because the nature is corrupted, then the mind and everything is corrupted because now the nature of that human is just to focus on self. My will, my way, I want this, I want that. I think, I feel. Everything revolves around the person. Now, watch this. Let's go to the mind. Let's go to the mind. Very important here. Romans 8, 6, 7, and 8. Now we're going to talk about the mind. To be Carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Man. All right. Now watch this. Carnally minded. You know what that means? Worldly minded. Self minded. The carnal things. It has to do with you. It has to do with your refrigerator has to do with your shoes, your clothes, your bed, your life. Carnally minded. You're just worldly, 100%. But now, look at verse 7. 
Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it's at war with God. Right. You see, now you and I live in a time when that is absolutely 100% manifested, isn't it? I mean, the, the, you go to the public schools, you talk about every religion in the world, but man, you mention Jesus Christ and they go ballistic. Yeah. You see, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Why is that? Well, that's because of the fall. What you have here, that carnal mind... It's a corrupted mind, a corruption of the nature of the person. So that's how they think. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Amen. Whoa. You see, the depth of depravity takes a person to the point when you look at verse 7 two things because the carnal mind is enmity against God alright just think that person is acting just like the devil isn't he yeah. just like the devil That's right. and so when you and I want to rebel against God we're more like the devil when we do that, then we are anything else. All right? Because the carnal mind is empty against God. That's one thing. Second thing is this, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So now we find that that nature with this fallen mind, Halloween's over with, forget it. But at any rate, neither indeed can be. Just think about that. Neither indeed can be. That statement right there, you need to underline it, mark it, highlight it. Neither indeed can be. Do you realize the fall has brought inability to humanity. So people say, well, there's a little spark of divinity in you. No, there's not. Not at all. Neither indeed can be. So we find then that that carnal mind wars against God. That carnal mind Boy, is not subject to the law of God, neither need can be. That is bad. That is corrupt. Yeah. But it's something that you and I as saved people need to know. Right. We need to know the truth. Verse 8. 
So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow. Now, what happens when you don't have God? What happens when you throw God out, you throw God's morals out, you throw God's word out, God's judgment out, God's standard out? What happens? There's no restraint. None. So now watch what happens. Psalm 14 All right, I put one to three, but I've got one and three listed here for you. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. See, the depravity of man has brought man to the place to where he just says, there is no God. Wow. That's bad, isn't it? There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. You see, watch this now. So original sin is a corruption of the nature. When the nature is corrupted, the human thinks of nothing but self. We've seen that, right? We're following Satan's pattern. Now watch this. So when we get down here now, in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now look look at the result of that. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. In other words, no God, no restraint. No God, no restraint. And it says they have done abominable things. See that? And so I want you to realize, no God, no restraint. No moral restraint. No godly restraint. No family restraint. Nothing. Nothing. Where are we at today? You see that? And so what we find then, now there's a process right here, and I want you to follow the process. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give you three things right up front, and then we'll go back and talk about it. So what we find then in Psalm 14, 3, we find the term filthy. See that? Down there at the bottom. Psalm 14, verse 3. See the word filthy? Okay. Now the next thing, in Titus 1.15, you see the word conscience. Conscience is defiled. See that? So mark that. And then the third thing that I want you to see, that which is against nature. So now, let's, let me show you how this works. When I started this lesson, I had so many scriptures and stuff that I thought there's no way in the world I'll ever get through all this. And so, so I just figured I'd just take it out, put it together where I could bring at least one thing to you folks. 
And I wound up with two. So now remember this. What is original sin? A corruption of the nature. What does a corruption of the nature do? It is all about self. Sin is essentially selfish. That's why it says in the last days, probably it's time for commission, we love as other selves and so on. And then you got the man of sin, right? Of course, Satan. And so we find then now, watch this. There's a process. Let's see if you can relate to the process. So to this point now, we've talked about original sin. It's a corruption of the nature. Here we go. Now, follow me. Psalm 14, verse 3. They are all gone aside. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. All right. So now, if they've become filthy, that's filthy morally, filthy mentally, filthy spiritually. They're just filthy. I like the, I like the word that's used there, filthy. They're just filthy, okay? But now listen, people cannot do filthy things if they have a conscience. Right. So what's got to happen then is this. If they're going to be filthy in their mind and filthy in their actions, something has got to happen to the conscience. Now look at Titus 1.15. Unto the pure, all things are pure. Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. You see, what's got to happen is there's a process. They, those that have become filthy, they've got to lose a conscience. They can't live filthy and have a conscience. They can't live filthy morally. They can't live filthy in any way if they've still got some conscience left. And so that conscience has got to get corrupted. I mean, you and I talk to people and we, we, there's times you just want to look at them and say, man, don't you have any conscience at all? Right. You know? And uh, they don't. No, they got hatred for you, for your Bible, for your God. They hate him. But as far as them having a conscience that would bother them, they don't. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Well, now listen. Once you become filthy and then you manage 
to burn your conscience. And what's the Bible say about that? Boy, it can be burnt, can it? Hard, dead. Watch what happens now. Well, now there's no conscience. So look at what people have the freedom to do. Romans 1.26. I'm just using this one verse. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Wow. The only way they could do that is their conscience had to become seared. You see that? Now, do you know what a seared conscience is? It's a conscience without feeling. I've got wounds that have been seared. And uh, uh, they have no feeling. None. So what you see here then, we down here at the bottom now, we're still looking at this word, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. You see, what we find then is that when the fall took place, it corrupted the nature. And there are some things in this nature, that which is with against nature. In other words, how should that woman act in proper nature? Right? Well, that ain't it. You see that? So in other words, you'll find then these people because of the way they think now according to that nature. They're willing to corrupt anything that's natural around them. Well, where are we at today? I mean, boy, that's happening, isn't it? You see, so what we find then is this reality as we start off with original sin, it's a corruption of the nature. When you corrupt the nature, a corrupted nature is all about self. And like I've said, sin is essentially selfish. That's why when you look at what's going to happen in the end time, what's it say? Man, everybody's out for their own, aren't they? Why is that? Because of the corrupted nature. Right. Why is it they're going to hate God? Because of their corrupted nature. Why are they going to hate you? Because of their corrupted nature. You see that? All right. So why is it then that these religions also talk about baptism and works and all that kind of stuff? It's because... It's a corrupted nature. It's a false religion. 
And what does the corrupted nature do? It gets you involved in it. Paul said, I'll not frustrate the grace of God. That's why you have so many religions that are man-centered. It's what you do, what you do, what you do. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. You see, and so what we have now, our only hope in all of this, and a lot of times we read Romans 12, 2, but we really, really don't get it. But I hope tonight that Romans 12, 2 will become something to you tonight because of this lesson. I hope you look at Romans 12, 2 totally different from now on. You see, our only hope is this. And be not conformed to the world. Well now, the fall, the nature changed. Satan is all about self. The man of sin is all about self. In the last days, those people are all about self. And we read about these others here, carnally minded people. And it says here, be not conformed to this world. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, as saved people, what we have, the Holy Spirit moves in on us and gives us the ability to a function according to godly nature and not to fallen nature. It said, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now that fits right in with where I started. I gave you those four things, self-will instead of submission. But Romans 12, 2, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We wind up being submissive to the will of God. We find ourselves that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, in other words, we find ourselves with a new nature, don't we? God gives us a new nature. In other words, rather than us living with that fallen nature where everything centers around self, God gives us a new nature. That's why the Apostle Paul said that the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. All of us adults in here know for sure before we were saved, we had no personal fight. Right. Did we? That's right. Didn't have no fight. Then God saved us and what happened to us? 
Man, we started having all kinds of personal private fights, didn't we? I mean, kind of like one of them cartoons I seen many, many, many years ago, you know. Donald Duck or one of them, he had a de- demon on one side whispering in his ear and had a right. demon, uh, had an angel on the other side whispering in his ear. And Man, he was a mess, you see. And so tonight, as I end this, this depravity of the mind, how did it get like that? Well, because of original sin of Adam and Eve. Original sin is a corruption of the nature. And every animal on earth functions according to the nature. You see that? That's why they all think about self. It's a depraved mind. And our only hope is this, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what happens to the saved person. There's a renewing of the mind. In other words, rather than stinking thinking, we start thinking differently. See that? Ever so important. I hope you've learned something out of this tonight. Because it's extremely valuable. Time is gone. Gather round. Let's pray.